0: Podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. We've got a special guest on the show today. We've got Salford Red Devils forward Greg Burke on the show, ready to talk about his career. Uh, welcome to the show, Greg.
1: Cheers, Paul. Thank you very much.
0: Looking forward to talking about all all your career and all the good times.
1: Yeah, obviously, um, you know, when I, mean, I, th- I still think it's not been so long, and and then when I look back, it's probably been close to ten years now. So it's it's um, you know, a lot of the old timers say it flies by, and they're definitely not lying.
0: Yeah. So we'll start at the beginning. Uh, born in Wigan in 1993. Uh, what was it like growing up in Wigan in the uh, the late nineties, early two thousands?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Wiggins. It is. It's always. It always has been uh, rugby league mad. Um, back then, obviously there wasn't so, there wasn't so much of a. Um, as big as a pull that the uh, Wigan Athletic had. Obviously, once they got in the Premier League, then that sort of took over for a while. Um, but, no, growing up, it was very much a um, rugby league-dominated town. Um, and then that was it, really. But to be fair, I I, didn't, I, have, I think the, my earliest memories of rugby league is um, watching my brother play. He played for a school team at Central Park. Um, and then I would go and watch him on Sundays when he was playing for his amateur team. Uh, and, then, and then apart from that, I think going off the professional game, I think the main, my main first memory of watching w- Wigan was um, the '98 grand final, Jason Robinson's try. And I, I then tried to emulate him by running around and skidding all over the carpet, uh, you know, giving myself carpet burns and stuff. So um, not the best idea, but, you know, that's my earliest memory. And then obviously, as I got a bit older, then I started to get into, into playing and stuff. And uh, we, we was away then.
0: Yeah, you started, was it, at Inch Rose Bridge, the amateur
1: club? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was St. Williams then. Um, there was there was a team called St. Williams, which is it's a funny story really about that because what happened was uh, my dad had been trying to get me to play <clears throat> like an amateur team. Um, and he'd asked the, all the local teams to us, was St, you know, St. Pat's, St. Jude's, St. Cuthbert's, all these all these sides, and then um, I, always, I just kept batting away. I didn't want to go. And then it came to it that a kid um, in my class at school—he was a bit of a bit of a rum card, really—and um, he was like, "Oh yeah, I play for a team called St. Bills." I was like, "All oh, right, well I know, I'm, at least I know somebody now." Because that was the thing—I was a shy kid, really, and I didn't want to go somewhere that I didn't know people. And he goes, "And he to play for St. Bills." I was like, "Brilliant! Um, I'll join there." So I've, I've gone home to my dad. I said, right, I want to play for St. Bills," and he's like, "St. Bills—it's like opposite side of Wigan. It's about twenty-minute drive for us." And um, he's like, right, OK, well, at least he wants to go. So my dad took me down. Um, we got there and then we asked the coach, oh, yeah, this 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 kid plays um, who he goes to school with told him his name and he's like, I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he'd been to one session like two years previous and that was it. He'd never, he'd never been, he, but he was telling me like, oh, yeah, I play for, I play for them and I do this and that. And so I mean, I was stuck then because I'm so I, my dad had got me in the door and then I, I wasn't allowed out. So, But luckily, you know. Um, it worked out for the best.
0: Yeah, do you think obviously rugby league at a young age sort of brought yourself out of yourself? Obviously, said you were you were a shy sort of boy.
1: Yeah, it definitely did. Um, 100%. I think that was it. I was a shy kid, and then obviously going around, you know, and Ince, to refer to it is it's quite a rough and ready area of Wigan, um, and, and quite a lot of the kids who play for the team with that, and uh, they sort of brought me up Michelle. my um, shell. But obviously, um, you know, that's it's worked out. Like I said, it's worked out for the best. And uh, you know, from from that little, you know, a little fluke sort of incident, is you know, it's given me a it's given me a brilliant laugh so far.
0: Yeah, you went to school at is it Saint John Fisher's? Um, looking at the sort of in, into the school' produced some fantastic sort of rugby league uh, talent like like yourself, uh, the likes of Sam Tompkins, Owen Farrell, uh, Ryan Lannon, uh, Sean O'Loughlin, Sean Edwards. Uh, Chris Joint and Mike
1: Gregory. is there something in the water in that school or what? Well, to be fair, yeah. I think, you know, it's a, it's a school that sort of steeped in in the Premier League history. Uh, obviously, as you just named, you just named some absolute legends there. You know, there's even more lads, you know, that are still knocking about playing now and, you know, lads who didn't sort of reach them heights but still had a great career that have played as well, so... If you go through the school, I mean, there's there's a big wall full of it's like a they call it a wall of fame type thing, and it's all the people who've gone on to to play sport and do whatever, and it's like 99% rugby league, a um, couple of rugby union guys, and then I think there's a might have been a netball player, she played for England or something. So yeah, it's uh, very much a rugby league
0: school. Yeah, so you were, you were setting the uh, the Wigan amateur scene alight. Uh, and then you obviously got to the sites of of, of your local what sort of Wigan Warriors. How uh, did that occur? You know them picking you up.
1: Well, that sort of came um, that sort of came from me being
0: what would that been? I've been well, I don't remember. Team
1: stuff and I was eleven. Uh, um, and then from there, <laughs> it got them to like the service area and things like that. And and then obviously at thirteen years old you can get a scholarship. Um, and then Dean Bell was the head of youth at the time. Uh, Dean Bell and Brian Foley um, they just sort of got hold of me once admitted to Sam for Wigan obviously as a kid you know you think of Dean Bell and you know what a player he was um, so you know for, for him to be asking and saying you're a good you know you're a good player and you need to you know we want you at Wigan and things like that it's, it's music to your ears um, so obviously I was in there and then from there I just oh well, I never left yeah I just stayed there um, to be fair and it, and it was you know it was a a good move, I thought, because end of the day, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the best places to learn you learn your trading rugby league, Um, you know, and some of the things that they taught us very early on, especially skill wise and stuff, has, has stuck with me, and it's sort of uh, stuck me in good stead.
0: Was it was it daunting? Obviously, the first day when you walked in with all that history and all them sort of players around you.
1: I mean, it is. I mean. Um, it's more so looking up at the, the years above. Obviously on scholarship, you sort of, you know, you're a kid and stuff, but then you look at these players and we got to train, we got to train at the East they used to train at the East Stand at the DW. So the first team and everybody was in there. So obviously we come into training some days and you know, we'd be seeing some of the first teams we'd be doing extras i they'd be doing physio and what have you, and just seeing them type of people. And you know, obviously <clears throat> as a kid, you know, they're are your sort of superstars rugby league, um, especially in Wigan, because you know, you don't you know, you don't you don't get to see the like your footballers or anything like rugby league, sort of the superstars of the town and sort of to see them them people um, and see what they're doing and you know what, what it takes to sort of be where they were was you know it was it was I wouldn't say it was daunting, but it was definitely something that you you know a bit bit awe inspiring and you know you wanted to try and emulate.
0: Yeah, you, you went on loan a couple of times to help your development. Uh, you went to you went to Bradford, but you dislocated your shoulder, didn't you? Uh, was, was that was that a, like a bit of a blow that obviously, you know, because you obviously be looking at Bradford as a vehicle to to improve.
1: Yeah, definitely. That was a that was a funny week. That. I mean I, I played for Wigan on the Sunday. Um Wayne got me in Monday and said, Oh, what we want you to go on loan for a month. I was like, right, I know where is this a good for to play in every week. You're not guaranteed to be playing here. But still on my youngster so was like, right, okay, no problem. Signed, went, went there on the Tuesday, trained up until Friday, played hull Friday night, dislocated my shoulder and was back at Wigan on the Saturday. So um from a rehab and things, and obviously it was just a bit of a blow, and then um, that was I was gonna do my rehab at Wigan and then I was going back after that. But then the coach got sacked. So obviously a different coach, you know, has his own has his own different um, opinions or he wants his own team to do whatever. Um, so yeah, so I stayed at Wigan um, for the rest of that year.
0: Did Did you go to Workington on loan as well at one point?
1: Yeah, I think for the rest. Well, yeah, that that was more. Of, I don't think it was a loan. It was more of a dual reg, right. uh dual reg sort of um, arrangement. Really, I wasn't. I wasn't never on loan. I just sort of go up at the weekend, do team run, and then and then play with uh, play with the Workington fellows. Uh, which again, that was another good, a good. Um, good sort of lesson in rugby league obviously because they're absolutely mad for it up there mad for rugby league in Cumbria um and they were like they were the same but they they knew you and stuff and I'm thinking I'm only like a 20 year old kid who's done absolutely you know done nothing but they they all everybody knew who you are and they knew your name and things like that and what's going on here but they obviously I spoke to Mossop and that and he said they said they're mad for Wigan and Saints up there um they absolutely love Wigan and Saints so um, yeah, so that was again, that was a good. It was a good thing as well because obviously they weren't sort of the, they weren't the, by far they weren't the best team in the league. Um, so it was always a good tough game really because you had to sort of try and stand up a bit obviously because you were coming from Super League and trying to prove a point.
0: Yeah, I mean the structures change as the years go on. You have dual regs, Then you wanted to talk about reserves. Do you, do, you, do you think we're trying to think the best option for players coming through? What do you mean? Do you read Or I think oh, that playing is like reserves, if you, like you had a reserve team, or was it better being yeah. like you? We go to to Workington and sort of play play there to improve. Yeah,
1: I think for the kid coming through, I think a reserve a reserve system might be better. If I'm honest, only only because um, obviously you look you're playing in the same systems that you're going to be playing in, and learning every day. Um, whereas obviously you're going alone, or you're going. On dual register, especially you go into teams that play a completely different way to where your parent club play, but then they're wanting you to stand out and things. It's like well, they you know they want you to play a certain way and they want you to do different things that you would do at your club that, that stand that, that sort of you know helps you stand out. So um, I would say so that the, the reserve system, but obviously that's just that's just a bit of a I don't know what it is now, um, you know. I think it got cancelled last year and yeah. whether that happens again this year with all COVID, it probably won't. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, if, if the club, uh, if the club, sorry, if the game can, I don't know whether they can sort of work on that in the future, then I think that's the best way to go.
0: Yeah, looking, obviously, through your sort of academy years, you represented England and did you tour France?
1: Yeah, I've done, I've, I've, yeah up until I was 18, I've, I've toured France. Um, Played for the school England schoolboys, played France. Uh, then went on to the academy toured in France. Played against the school Aussie, Aussie schoolboys in tw- yeah. 2010. Uh, beat them. Beat them over two, over, over a series. So um, yeah, as a kid, obviously I, I used to get picked. I was fortunate enough to get picked on all them things, and they were they, you know they were they were good times as well, especially beating the Aussies.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you got the opportunity to to move to Hawkingston Rovers on on loan. Uh, Chris Chester sort of picked you up. Uh, what was
1: that like, moving to Hull-Kingston Rovers and out of the, uh, the Wigan bubble? To fair, I was really apprehensive at first because I'd never known anything but Wigan. Um, and obviously, it's, it's a bit different to when Bradford worked. Obviously, Bradford's like an hour know, driving for that. You can get in and out. Whereas, obviously, at Hull, you've got to... You know, you've got to... While you're there in the week, you've got to stay there. Um, that's, you know, that's pretty much... It was like a big move, sort of getting away from home, getting out of your comfort zone. And obviously, I was a bit apprehensive at first. But then, you know, if I've I've said it, I've always felt, well, since, since it happened, I've always said it's the best best thing I've done for my career, um, to maybe realise that there is more to, especially as a Wigan kid, like I've said a few times now, but it, there is more to life than Wigan, um, you know, Wigan rugby, because uh, that is what, as a kid, that's what you sort of want to do and want to, do, you know, want to, want to play for them and all this stuff, but once I went there, you sort of realised, you know, there's a lot more to rugby league than just playing for Wigan and. I absolutely love my time at okay, I Met some good good mates who I'm still mates with now. Um, obviously, Ken Sio, he's a, he's a, he's one of them who were there then. Chris Wellham, but they're different ones like um, Josh Mantellato. He went back home, um, so you know I'm still still in touch with them. Uh, so
0: 2016, you were sort of coming towards the end of your, your time at Wigan. Um, you said that obviously you went talking to the Rovers and and you felt like you, there was an opportunity to go and grow outside the the Wigan bubble. Um yeah. what made you choose Witness?
1: Um from being brutally honest it was sort of not forced on me but it was um yeah I mean Wigan were Wigan had told me that they weren't sort of keeping me for the year after. Um which was fine you know that was you know it is what it is something you know uh, Bain, the main thing was they were, they were signing a, they were signing a big big uh, big name from Australia I think it was New Um uh, which obviously for them didn't work you know whatever happened there. Um, so yeah so obviously that occurred and then it was more of a case of you know you're not going to be here next year there's an opportunity to go to witness type thing and I spoke to Dennis uh, at the end of the day I thought well know that was the main thing after really I just spoke to Dennis and I thought well because he you know he he gave me a, quite a bit of quite a good a good few raps and stuff when I spoke to him, and then I, that was when I decided to go. Um, and then I, obviously, I went. I went mid-season in 2016, um, and then obviously, yeah. So I, I went to witness from there. And end of the day, I wanted to try and I wanted to try and become like a not not just a bit part player or a kid, you know that type of thing. I was still young at the time, so I wanted to try and grow a bit and try and help. Um, um, and then obviously I went back to mid mid 2016. I had a, that first, first six months was a really good time. And then the year after was um, leading into that year, sorry, I, I just had a really, I struggled with the pre season in terms of like my body. Um, I had like a really bad, really bad problem with my ankle um, that, had, uh, that had occurred when I was at KR playing against Wigan. Um, I got an injury. Um, and then, yeah, like it, just, it just sort of never got fixed, never got fixed, didn't really get treated well, just sort of got jabbed up so I could play week in, week out type thing. And, um, you know, it, it took its toll, really, on my ankle and it comes to a point where, like, a lot of people, obviously, um, you know, I couldn't really train in that pre-season, um, just a few things, really, that didn't go right. But, like I said, just to the extent of that injury type thing, I was struggling to... You know, get upstairs properly. I, I was like walking upstairs like the penguin, you know, from um, Gotham yeah. with, the, with the club up type thing. That's it. that was how I was trying to get upstairs because I couldn't, right. I couldn't bend, I couldn't bend the ankle correctly. So um, obviously, it's funny, it's funny to look back at now, but um, it's also the case of obviously I got quite a bit of stick off off uh, some sections of of the uh, you know witness fans for me for my size and stuff at the time, which obviously is it is what it is now, but. Um, you know, there was a reason to, obviously there was an underlying reason as well that that a lot of people didn't see. Um, So, so yeah.
0: Is it, it, obviously, you you talked about your size, is it sort of difficult for you to stay in the, sort of, the zone where you feel physically able to sort of make a big difference on the pitch? What's that, Paul, sorry? You you say about your size and, and the witness fans getting on top of you, and obviously, you, yeah. you, you're fit now and, and you look the part now. Do you have to yeah. work sort of super hard to, to stay at the sort of the way that you are now?
1: Uh, no, I wouldn't say I do. I wouldn't say I do. No, I think it was more a case of, um, if anything, it was more a case of just obviously getting that fixed for one, yeah. getting my ankle fixed, which I, I had that operation in which Elena would allow me to train. And yeah. obviously, it's, it's, from where it was to where. To where it is now, it's it's um it's a hundred times different, um, which allows me to, you know, to train properly and to and to do everything I need to do. But also, since you know, you no, know, I started back in back end of me time at witness, I was starting to get like I used to be, you know, sort of I've trimmed down quite a bit. But obviously, still, still, you know, a bit, you know, a bit, bit on the big side. And then but I was I was trimming down, I was getting back to where I needed to be, and obviously that sort of work. Where, um, where Watto sort of came in and, you know, he said that he liked what he'd, what he'd seen in me and stuff. And then just getting to speak to uh, him, GB, and then I had um, obviously I had a bit of time. In my first, obviously, in that first loan period at Salford were, I think I got an injury, so I managed to get two or three weeks and we just had a really good, tri- I tri- basically, I tri- trained my backside off, Um at really well, at basically like a, it was crazy, real eating, but well, yeah, it was extremes type stuff, um, you know. But it worked. It, it just stripped, it stripped a lot of stuff off him, of and then from then since I've just been, I've stayed at where I am, and I've never sort of, I've never drifted out of that. And uh, you know, it was a sort of, it was a sort of making of me, really.
0: Yeah, so you talk about Ian Watson sort of selling you the club and and sort of inspiring you to this opportunity. Um, Obviously, yeah. now you've been at Sol for a couple for a couple of years, well, for a few couple of years now. Um, what's the club yeah. like now compared to what it was like then?
1: There is there, there has definitely been a huge huge change. I think in terms of the attitude um, among the playing group. Um, back then, when I first came. Um, you know, if I'm if you know if I'm being completely well, obviously I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I first came, I thought, well, it's better than witness because witness were really struggling. And I thought, well, Salford obviously they weren't much better in terms of the league standing. But then I looked at it, I thought it's better than witness. And plus, I've got my mates. I've got Moose, who I you know I was really close with from Wigan days. Uh, Chris Welland was there, so I knew all these people. Uh, got obviously got really good mates with uh, Tyke. Tyke was at Ki with me as well. Uh, Flash. And, were just a re- and then once I got there, there was a really good, you could sort of feel it was a completely different attitude to where our witness was and then how, how the team was at Salford. Um, and then since then, that's just kept going and going and going. Um, obviously, we've, we've changed, the team's changed a hell of a lot since since the first year. There's hardly any left since then. Um, you know, but it's, it's all been, I 100% think it's all been for the better as well because the the attitude, um, you know, among the group now is a, is a really good one. And it's just a really good um, really good team, you know, good team atmosphere as well. You know, there's there's people sort of been in and out who were a bit, um, you know, could sort of really fit into that team thing. But, you know, especially last year, there was a really good team bond in the side. And, we said, you know, it, it's been said so many times by, you know, the lads that, you know, we look for each other and things like that, but we really do. Um we look, we look out for each other on the field, and um, I think that's one of the main things that you know we've got a really good a really good uh, environment.
0: Yeah, uh, 2019, what a great season it was uh, for Salford reaching the grand final. And um, sort of looking back, wasn't was there a certain point in that season where where you thought you know what we're going to go all the way here?
1: Yeah, it was funny because um, I remember we. we I think we just got beat off KR in the cup, which we we had in our heads. Right, we're going to have a real good dig at this. Because being realistic, you know, we, we'd come from middle eights, but we would play obviously we had a you know we had something about us in 2019, and we thought we can have a real dig at this Challenge Cup. Uh, we think Super League is going to be a bit too far away. It's not really going to be realistic. We want to try and get up there, but we want to have a real dig Challenge Cup first round. Get pasted off KR, played poorly. And we're all sat there thinking, well. That's, you know, that's us pretty much, you know, pretty much done. We were, at the time, we was a little bit scratchy form-wise. We'd win a couple, lose a couple. So it was all up and down. And then I, I remember we had, uh, we had like, a little coffee club going. There was me, Guild, Moose, uh, type, Flash. And we were all sat around having a coffee. And then, what um, was it, what we said? I think we, I think we were playing, might have been playing Catalan or Warrington and Catalan. There was two games. Basically, I remember. I remember saying, "If we don't win one of them, we're not. That we don't. In terms of, we can't get in the playoffs." And that was the week that I think JJ came. Tui came. Yeah. And then from then on, we never lost. <laughs> like, that was that was that game. And then we just didn't lose a game. And then each week we'd go, we'd sort of sit with each other and be like, "We can't get to a Grand Final, can we? Surely not." But obviously, you know, we'd, we'd win another one. It was like, "Surely I'm not going to get the win another one." I think we might get there, boom, and then that's just sort of kept going and going. And we up you know, even, even the even the, the, week before the grand final, we were just all sat there and uh, just sort of all having a laugh and we just, we'd just be saying like, wow, Salford's in a grand final. Like, we've done something here. We've done something really, um, you know, realist, historic really, to, you know, to be, let's be honest about it. Um, you know, it would have been it would have been absolutely unreal to win it. Um, still gutted now that we didn't win it. Um, but yeah, the, the the story from going from Middle eights struggling to getting to Old Trafford um, and, and having a real good dig as well in the final. We didn't get disgraced at all, you know, by any means. I thought, you know, there's a, f- a few suspect calls that sort of, you know, which helped. I mean, not 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 taking any away from. Uh, Saint Helens that day they were you know they were by far the better team uh, they were a better team all year to be fair but you know we definitely didn't disgrace ourselves and thought we had a really good dig that day and obviously it just wasn't, wasn't to be.
0: Yeah, obviously at that point sort of Jackson Hastings sort of departed. Um, what was it? What was the thought sort of in the, in the squad? You know, were you all thinking, well, what happens now? Or were you all thinking, you know what, we'll go again?
1: Yeah, to be honest, that was that was the that was the thought. Um I mean, as great as Jackson was, um, as a player, um, you know, we had we had Kev coming in, different completely different player, but also great in his own way. Um, you know, he's a very much a leader, very much a techie around the park, which is which is shown this year. Um, and obviously we still had Tui as well. So, you know, and we had other players coming in that we just sort of thought, well, yeah, this there's nothing changes here. Um if anything, we've got a better group, um, which you know we. If I'm not, yeah, we we didn't reach them heights in terms of the league, but you know this this season has been an absolute up and down. You know, it's been a roller coaster to say the least, and uh, you know we got to we got to Challenge Cup final, um, and very much deserved to be in the Challenge Cup final, and you know a pass goes there or a kick goes, and we win it. So, um, yeah, there was no. There was no panic at all, if anything, there was excitement because we knew we could kick on and you know keep improving.
0: Yeah, you, obviously, you talk about the mindset really of the players and the you know wanting to yeah. achieve, wanting to sort of create something. Um, yeah. you know, look, looking at back at the sort of the, the grand final and and sort of Wembley this year and and really sort of putting yourself into solving the, the, the Devil's folklore, really. And do you? Do, do, Sort of stop and think about that, or is that a kind of thing that
1: you do when you when you're angry your some eventually? No, I think it it will be something like that. But no, I, you know you do. Well, I, I do personally because I love all the. I'm a big, big, um, big, big really. So I like all the sort of romantic side of the right. game. And you know, you know, wouldn't it be brilliant? And, but yeah, I mean, I do love that all that. And you know, you do you do have them little moments where you think, you know, we have done obviously. Um to lose was absolutely devastating and you know, never you know, you, you look for, I don't think you find anyone in that team or you shouldn't find anyone in that team that will be happy to just get to Wembley and oh look at this, I've got a silver medal. I don't even know the medal's somewhere in a draw somewhere now and because at the end of the day you don't want to go to them places and lose. You wanna go and you wanna win. Yeah. Um, and I think that is again, that's another thing the the mentality shift in in the in the playing group is, you know, we don't want to get to finals. We want to win finals. Um, we want to be up and we want to be up there challenging every time. And um, but yeah, I mean that's it. You know, we're we, we 100% to have. I mean, again, it's another one sitting with Flash because obviously this was this was his this was his, obviously his last year and sitting with Flash after the Challenge Cup and he come over. I was I was quite upset and he come over and just he said, Luke, end of the day, so we've look what we've done." Said yeah, we have not one. They said, but this club has been to Wembley, you know, and won it once. And you know, we we come within a we come within an inch of doing it again. And it's been you know nearly fifty years since they've been and you know. And then obviously with the grand final and things like that. And it's just sort of you sit back and go, oh, we've done something. Here. We've done we've done something really well that we can be proud of. Um, you know. And then obviously just being at the club, you sort of you just sort of see how much it means. I mean, there's not. There's not many fans, you know, that, that sort of come on the days, but, you know, the how loud they are and, you know, it's, it is inspiring and I always I always go back to that Wigan game. Um, obviously, I've been a Wigan kid and, you know, I wanted to play it, but that literally felt like I was playing at home because all game, you could just hear that stand just go and obviously it was completely packed. I've not seen that away and packed for, well, about maybe five, ten years now. I um, mean, that's generally just... a the Saints, Wigan Saints Derby, and to see that um, completely packed, just noise all game, Salford, and uh, you know all the Salford chants, and um, yeah, I just I just really enjoyed it, and you know sort of took it took it a bit into my heart, really. Um, you know my little lad, he, uh, When he goes to when he goes to me uh, to his nanas, he always because they've got one of them uh, what are they call is it the Google Dot thing where you, yeah, you speak yeah. to Alexa that type of thing. And obviously, he's realised that you can play music on it. So he's always, he always goes around and he says, "Alexa, play Dirty Old Town." So uh-huh. he got, obviously, he's sort of—he's very much in the—in the thing about Salford as well. And whenever he thinks or so, he sees anything rugby, he just goes, "Oh, Salford." So he don't know do anything else but Salford, and that's you know, thats a big thing to me because obviously, um, you know, with, with with that as well, and yeah, just uh, just really happy about it all, really. You know, it's it's. Because end of the day, I, I sort of—if you're looking at rugby league and you know which team, which teams win Super League, it's you know there's been never been four names on a trophy. So if you're being realistic, sort of if you're not at one of them clubs, you go, you look at it and go, well, you know it's probably you're going to struggle to win anything here, and you know to get Salford you know to to the heights that we did and to be so close to winning. Um, and then obviously to get to a cup final as well and be again so close to winning. Um, yeah, it's just, and to see what it means to everyone. I mean, when we came back on the bus um, from Wembley, obviously we'd been beat. And I, remember, I think what time, it might have been maybe a quarter to one in the morning or something like that, after 12. Get back to the stadium and there's like, you know, a couple hundred people stood waiting for us and stuff. And then like, it was it was just, it was quite a, quite a touching moment really because you know they, they sort of welcomed the team home and obviously we, we didn't come back with a trophy and you know but it was something that um, you know makes you really proud of you know what you've done and also what, what the fans sort of feel about you as well so um, no it's, it's, it's definitely something occur quite a, quite a lot really about the club now and um, you know it's sort of got yeah just <laughs> yeah it's a, good, it's a good place
0: yeah um, you know on the show, we talk about Solver being an opportunity club a lot, um, and and now we're going to that next level. Um, is that kind of discussed in 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 the, in the sort of the playing squad about sort of reaching the going to, to become a, a playoff team that are in the playoffs every year and competing in Challenge Cup finals every year?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, that's that's what we said um, going into 2019 that we wanted to. Yeah, one of our goals that year was to win win a trophy. Um, obviously, you know, said it a couple of times, but we didn't. But but the main goal as well that, that was to win a trophy and to change the perception that everyone has of Salford and us as, and us as players. Um I think a lot of people sort of look at the club and say, "Oh, you know, they'd only get so many fans and this and that. They've always been down the bottom. Blah blah. blah. The players are all." from, you know, from wherever, um, but I think doing, you know, going to the grand final and then I think a few, even then a few people still going, oh, it's a in the pan. They'll be back down doing nothing again next year. And then to get to Wembley, you know, I think we're just starting to, well, yeah, I, well, I would like to think so. If, if it, that we're starting to, um, change that perception of us, um, and again, you know, we've had another upheaval, obviously the coach leaving, um, but I think it's good for us as a group as now so that we can sort of prove that, yeah, obviously as great as Watto was for us all, which he was, um, and how good he was for the team and everything, and how good he was for the club, that we can also, the players, we can also, you know, show that it's just it's it's just as much as us as well. You know, we're doing, we're doing our part for the club as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's... That is definitely something that we speak about that we want to we want to change perceptions of us.
0: Yeah, it's, obviously it's an exciting time uh, to to be, uh, you know, a soul fan and a Southampton player like like yourself. And um, looking back at this year, obviously the COVID situation uh, really sort of put the put the stop on early doors. What what was it like as a player, uh, you know, during that time?
1: Well, we um, because at first it was like, oh, it's going to be. I think it was like two or four week stoppage so he was like GB was straight on he like right obviously you can't you can't come in so come to the gym take just take a few pieces of gear so I ended up getting like a barbell a few weights a few other bits um, and people were taking dumbbells just taking anything from the gym and he's like send me what you've got like send me a picture and then I'll, I'll come up with a, you know a session for whatever pieces you've got and stuff so we were pretty much just straight on boom just carried on as normal and then obviously it became that it was going to be months and months and months. But again, that didn't change. We just said, right, well, just use it as another sap, another type of pre-season, if you will. Obviously, we're not all together. But in terms of fitness-wise, um, we just carried on, really. Um, and we just, just, yeah, we just trained. Tra- to, yeah, we trained really, really hard. Um, and I think, you know, I'm definitely sure, because I think that first game, I think we sort of shocked everyone, really, that, and we came out like came out like, as if we'd been shot out of a cannon, pasted all, um, you know. And even that back end of the year, I mean, obviously we didn't get to the playoffs, but we weren't far off because our form had sort of really turned around. We had a couple of blips, you know, um, but no, in that time. It was just, and again, it was just strange because that's all you ever known is playing, and now you just sort of sat at home, training, obviously. But so like, what? You know, what else do I do? So uh, it was, it was all a bit up in the air and you couldn't really go and see people and stuff. But, you know, just sort of tried to use it as, um, as positive, really. Uh, you know, you've got to spend a hell of a lot of time with your family that you, well, you probably never get to spend again whilst also still doing your job. So, no, it was, it was it obviously, it was very strange, but it was, you know, its quite a good time as well.
0: Yeah, and obviously, when you got back, tr- uh, got back playing, no crowds...
1: Uh, in, in the stadium, what what was that like for you? Mark, obviously, my first couple of games I, I didn't, um, I weren't playing, so I sort of I'd see a lot of them. Obviously, the thing was, if you obviously weren't playing, you couldn't even go to watch, so obviously, we just sort of stayed at home. So we had the crowd noise and stuff, so it didn't really hit me what yeah. it was like. Um, and then I remember when my first game when I got back in, and it is strange, I mean, obviously, there's some games we play, like you know, there's some games. Well, you don't get many fans, but still, there's still a noise there, and there's still a buzz around the ground. And it was literally just like and it's like you're playing a reserve game, or you know what I mean, when you was a kid, like no one was watching you and things like that. Um, so it, it is definitely strange. I mean, it was the main, the main, the biggest time I uh, sort of, you sort of realized the enormity of what's going on in terms of like empty stadiums was um, obviously Wembley because it's just. It's absolutely massive that ground, and to have nobody in it to watch a game it, that was sort of like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a shame this because how, how good would this have been if you know we had both sets of fans in? And, um, yeah, I mean, that's you know, that was the biggest time that it sort of sort of makes you take a step back and realize you know the enormity of what's going on,
0: yeah. And hopefully, by March, we'll all be back supporting you in the, in the stadium then,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully. Boris sorts himself out and let's go to Manchester back in to tier two, so we can get a few in. Sorts himself out. Um, yeah, yeah. And
0: we can all, can all got have a in. tier two party then. Well, a self, yeah. a self uh, you know, a regulated one by yourself over Zoom maybe. Yeah. Baby. yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, season finished. Um, you signed a three-year contract for for, for Salford. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like obviously you love the club, and it was a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm, like I said. I've said a couple of times that I really enjoy my time. at all I really enjoy being here, because um, the, the, the main thing that sticks with me is it doesn't feel like doesn't feel like a job, which I know a lot of people will say, well, it's, you know, it's, it's not the thing. But sometimes it re- you know it can really it can feel a, a chore sometimes, or you know if you're in certain environments that aren't the best, um, you know you just sort of as, as privileged as we are to play. Rugby league as a you know as a, as a job, and um, there are certain times where you know that but that's that's that is the thing you want to be. It's a privilege, so it should feel like a privilege, and it should feel enjoyment, and it should feel you know everything should should be enjoyable about it. Um, you know, and that, that's what it's like at Salford. You know, well, it definitely has been the last this last two and a half years I've been here. I've, you know, I've been coming in, your mates. Um, into training, just having a laugh, getting working out together, having you know, having a you know, having a good, you know, having a good crack and that, and um, you know, that's that is the main thing, yeah. Just no brainer really, because I, I you know, I'm enjoying my time.
0: Yeah, and part of the you know the promo video to celebrate was you uh, playing your guitar, <laughs> "Dirty Old Town." Um, was it secret so skill <laughs> that that you could play the guitar? I
1: will I wouldn't say I can play. I, I mean, I can. I can string a few chords together. It's, it's still a very much a learning progress or a work in progress. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would not say I can play. I can, I can play a few chords, and then I, I have to try and take my time and get to them. But uh, a good singer though, on karaoke, I can do oh, that. Right. What's, what's, um, your, what's your
0: favorite? What's your favorite karaoke
1: song? Oh, I've had a few. Um, wow. Depends what, depends what mood the, the pubs in. If, oh. it's, if they need picking up, I'll give him like a Duran Duran, "Hungry Like the Wolf." Uh, just get them all going again. Um, but if it's a bit, you know, I, I sometimes throw in—I've um, done my way by Frank Sinatra a couple of times. That seems oh, wow. to get quite a quite a good reaction. <laughs> don't, I don't know whether, whether they've all just stunned into silence at how poor I am, but <laughs> I don't know. What it is, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I can—I can do. I'm a chameleon, really. I can do a few. I just—I just enjoy myself.
0: You'll have the you'll have the boys on the on the on the terrace making karaoke songs all about, you know.
1: <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> hell, yeah.
0: So yeah, so obviously fantastic. Obviously, you signed that three-year contract. Uh looking forward to 2021. Uh, obviously Ian Watson's departed. Uh, Richard Marshall coming in. Uh well, it's got to be exciting for yourself because it's an opportunity to impress and, and put your put your stamp on the 2021.
1: Yeah, it is. Um Obviously, it's sad to see Watto go. Um, you know, he, he got me there and had some good times. But end of the day, you know, life goes on and rugby league goes on, and we've got a new, a new guy in him, Rich. Um, had a meeting last week, and it, and it was all re- quite positive, really, a really good, positive meeting. And you know, I see, you know, telling us about certain little things that you know he thinks we can improve on and stuff. So you know, it's all end of the day. That's that's what we're always trying to do, really. we just <laughs> trying to improve. You want to be as be best, the best player you could possibly be. Um, you, know, you know, a lot of us, you know, can't be superstars, but at the end of the day, if if, if you're as best, if you can be the best version of yourself, then that's all anyone can ever ask of you. Um, you know, and if, you know, if Rich can come in and he can get that extra out of us all that, um, you know, that, that he, see, he sees in, in us that we can, you know, can, can pull out of us, then, you know, you know, it's, it's only going to be good for us and good for the club.
0: Yeah, got a couple of quick fire questions to finish, uh, Greg. Uh, who's, who's the best player you've played against, and who's the best player you've played with? Best
1: player, um, best player I've ever played with, I'd say uh, Sean O'Loughlin. Um, just because of. I would say, as a kid I was growing up and I was trying to, you know, he, he sort of played in, obviously played at 13. Um, I would play 13 sometimes as a kid, play loose forward, I'd play prop, basically play in the middle. Um, but he was somebody that I always tried to pick stuff up off. And, um, just yeah, he's just a, and, and especially once I played with him, you just realise how, how good he is. Um, how good of a leader he is as well, because um, you just sort of when you see when you see him uh, on the team sheet with you and stuff. And I always remember we played um, Grandpa Grandfather, sorry, Good Friday. It was the first ever a Good Friday derby um, against Saints when I was a kid, and Lockers was strugg- really struggling with his with his ribs. He had like really, bad, I think he had a really bad rib cartilage problem, uh, injury or. So, you was getting, you know, he was getting pain killing jabs and come back. He'd come out of the room, do a bit of wrestle, no good. Go back in, and he did it about two or three times. And I remember that the the, uh, the doc was sort of looking at him, saying like, "Man, I'll be a good this." And then he didn't come out for the warm up, and I remember basically being proper nervous and thinking, "If he don't, if he don't come out, I'm going to have to start this game." And obviously, all week I've been thinking, "I'm coming off bench and trying to get my head around that." Packed house, and then I always remember a, there's about five minutes left of the warm-up, and I'm thinking, right, get your in, you're going in here, you're gonna have to start. And he come running out, and it was like something out to a gladiator. Like all <laughs> the fans, all the fans come up and everything. I I remember looking and thinking, and all all the sort of nerves just sort of drained out of me. So I thought, well, he's he's gonna play now, and he's and if, if he's coming out, he's gonna play. And he played, and he was like that like Superman that day. He just he was nailing everybody, knocking, you know, setting up tries and what have you and that was just the type of player he was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the best player I've played against. Uh, but, you know, been a few good ones to far. fair I
0: couldn't say about you, Greg. I thought they say about you. <laughs> I bet <better> they do. <laughs> um, well, while you're thinking, uh, if you want, I'll just move on, if you want, for the next question, if you want. Yeah, go on. Go on. Uh, OK, who's the, who's the toughest player you've played against and played with?
1: Toughest, yeah. I'd say. Four. I think both times I'd say Mickey Mac Mickey Mackalorum, just because. because he's an absolute. He just uh, changes. He's really like he wouldn't think it. Like, you know, he's one of them. Like on the field, he's an animal. He's running around. He's you know he's just throwing his body at people, hurting everyone. And but off the field, he's like a Completely different block. He's really quiet. He's just you know, he's a really good, really good fella. Um, but yeah, he's some of the tackles I've seen him do, and you know, you, you always sort of, when you play Catalan. Now you sort, you're always sort of catching the ball, looking up, just trying to see. You know, he's making there. And generally, that's that's the opposite of what you do usually. Usually, usually try and pick out the nine and run at the nine. That's like you know what they tell tell those middles to try and do. Is uh, you know, get the nine because he's the smallest guy. But yeah, you. <laughs> you a brave man will run at Mickey because uh, you know cut you in two. So and just how tough he is, I've seen him. You know, his, his injuries and stuff. He's had, you know, he's been he's been hobbling around all week, and then he turns up on on game day, and you know he's, he's putting his body through you know some hell. And I think I'd say that I think I think he's the toughest I've played with, and then obviously he's probably the toughest I've played against as well.
0: Talk about tough times. Um, this two police they took, they took the scrums away, didn't they? And you being yeah. the middle, was that was that more hard work for you?
1: Yeah, I think at first it was, yeah. At first definitely, because you <coughs> that's sort of your your rest, if you will. That's when you can get a bit of a rest. But saying that, it was also good because sometimes i play loose forward and obviously loose forwards don't, don't tend to be in the scrum, they have to sign try and defend all the all the backs who's so who's taking the carries and it was like, well, there's loads of space around me when there's when there's a scrum and you know, you've got Regan Grace dancing around or and things like that and all these. I thought, well, it's it's a bit of a bit of a plus this because at least we've got 13 blocks now. We can sort of have them have 30 seconds and then <coughs> 30 seconds, and then we can just carry on now. So, on, especially once you've got a couple of games in, it weren't even that it weren't even that much of a much of an issue. So
0: you you, you want to have them back of, then?
1: To be fair, no, I wouldn't. Um, actually, quite. I actually quite like the, the pace of the game now, and um, I think it just makes for a better game. And the, yeah, the, yeah, the scrums are just a bit. Yeah, if I'm honest, they, they are <clears throat> bit not, of a, what,
0: not what they should uh, be.
1: Not at all. No, they're probably just a bit where the forwards can have a rest. Okay. If I'm being honest,
0: don't give don't give it away. They don't. don't they will bring them back if you say that.
1: Well, they never listen to us anyway, so uh, <laughs> if
0: I say that they might bring him back. Cool. <coughs> uh, back to the quick fire questions. Uh, we'll do. we we'll do the Salford team. Uh, who's who's the fittest uh, at Salford?
1: Luke Yates, I'd say. Luke Yates or Dan Sarginson? Uh Most um,
0: intelligent.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'll probably say myself. I'd be up there. <laughs> general knowledge wise.
0: Cool. Cool. Did you have like zoom quizzes and to stuff to exactly test that out? Teacher. Eh? Did you have Zoom quizzes to test that out? Yeah, we had we had I had one with my mates in uh,
1: lockdown and I, never, I don't think I ever lost. <laughs> Me and my missus, we never lost. So like I, champion, I, I, at,
0: I champion champion attitude you're talking about.
1: Th- that's it. That's it. I think um, that's what I might try and do when I finish, go on the chase, become a chaser <laughs> or
0: something. Um <laughs> who's the who's the worst dressed? Ooh. Was dressed. there's a few shockers.
1: I, I have my days. I have my days where I dress like I've been. Someone's just throwing a lot of clothes at me. But <laughs> uh, Joey, Joey lad, he's, he's only just left. But I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to throw Joey in. Joey, you, oh no, well yeah, Joey. Joey. Joey, used to wear this, these stuff that like these, these like these t-shirts that were like down to his ankles and stuff. And I was like, is this supposed to be fashionable, this Joey? And he's like, like he did, like in his Aussie accent. Um, I'm thinking, well, for one, you're an Australian, so that's, you know, I'm not going to take any fashion advice off you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was always like these really long, just like 90s, I was like, what's going on here, Joe? Are you, you cross-dressed or something? So, uh, you know, it's all fine if you are, but just let us know, lad. Uh, but, yeah, he, were, he weren't the best. Um, I'm trying to think of others who were. He's Yeah, I'm going to put Joey on there.
0: I'm going to put Joey in there.
1: Uh, yeah. the last one. Uh, who's the last one out of the changing room? Last one out. <sighs> That's a so good isn't that I'm usually late before. Hey, yeah. But, yeah. I just take my time. After a game, I don't want to be rushing. No. Because Mossup, we usually drive in from Wigan. Um, yeah. Mossup's like a. He wants everything, you know, a bit of a control freak. I, you know, I want to go home for this time. I want to do this, I want to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. just like, chill out. I'll, you know, there's plenty of time. Just play the game. There's no need to be rushing now. It's Friday night, half ten. Mm. So I just take my time after a game. Uh, Inu, Inu likes his, he puts all his music on again after a game. He just likes dancing around. Um, Yeah, there's a few really. Like it's Mainly the, the Kiwi fellows they're just all chilled. They just, just take the time. There's no rush with them.
0: Brilliant. It's been great chatting to you, to, to Greg uh, today. Greg, it's been fantastic. I just
1: thought probably it might not be the, well. Yeah, the, the biggest one I remember, or the best one in terms of playing against, I'd say uh, Steve Menzies. All right, that was a big one for me. Um, a lot of people probably say, well, they weren't the best when he played over here, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, just for what he did as a player, uh, he was a he was a giant in Australia. Um, came over here, you know, he's been running around at fourteen. You know, you could have mistaken him for being 20 odd and I scored my first ever try but whilst knocking him off. Right. Um so that's a big one. And then it came to me after the game. Obviously, I didn't think and he just came to me, it comes straight over to me he was, you know, like shaking my hand and remembered he said, Oh, you you got me there, mate, and stuff, and well done. Us obviously he knew I was a kid, so you know that was that was a bit you know a big thing for me. That was more important than my try and just, just recognizing me and stuff. So uh I probably say Steve Menzies just because yeah, he's a bit of a legend of the game, and you know, I, I got, I got, I got one over him once, so I'll take that.
0: Brilliant, been great, been great talking to you, Greg. It's been a great chat. And uh, a, uh, what, what are you gonna do for Christmas? Is it? What's the uh, Christmas look like in the Burke household?
1: Well, I don't know. It'd be basically, because obviously my little boy, he's really excited about it all, so it'll no doubt be playing all his toy, playing with all his toys, and him, him trying to bash me with it, whatever Avengers or wrestling thing, he you know, he likes now and I'll just be getting terrored all day really, so doing that and then um, I think we might be going might be going to my mum and dad's this year, because obviously we, we try and go around the family, so we'll all stick one year, go to my mum and dad's, then to Nick's mum and dad's and, you know, just try and be, you know, as a family type thing and I think it's mum and dad's turn this year, so we'll be going around there for the, for the dinner, so yeah, can't wait for that. It should be good. A Bit of normality in the crazy year we've had.
0: Yeah, it's been it has been a bit of crazy year, but you know it's one of them things we move forward. Hopefully next year we'll uh, we'll get to to the Challenge Cup final again or the Grand Final.
1: Definitely, yeah, that's that's the plan. So um, yeah, fingers crossed, and we'll be we'll be doing all we can anyway to to, to put us there.
0: Cheers. That was Greg Greg Burt talking to me about his whole career. Big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast, Ibra Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. See you next week.